Momo, Aunt Momo. Hi, Benjamin Button. What's up? <laughs> Faith, I swear to God. I am telling you, I, I thought this might, she's in rare form today. She had training last night, and I think she's like had it with me. Um, I think she's had it with you a long time ago. Yeah, I mean, we definitely are like ro roommates that butt heads, like, like no one's business. But Faith, she wants to play, but I just took her out to, to play with her in the backyard. Probably nothing's ever good enough. This was lovely, and then she was barking because there's uh, construction going on. She doesn't like that. So then I tried putting her in her crate, but then she was mad at that. So now we have pick her up and hold her. We want we want we want to see her. Thank Bring her to the camera. Her. Bring her to the camera. Faithy. She's looking at me like this, like what? <laughs> you want me to come over there? Of course. Look at this adorable little beast. A little slipper. She's just a little ball of energy that sometimes I love and sometimes I just want to. Just you know, kiss to death. You know, she, you she, I've I've <laughs> I've almost dropped her off at the pound a few times. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. Um, so last time we did uh, twenty questions, it got a really good response, and people know. thought it was fun. So yeah. I thought it would be cool to do it again. Let's do it. Got my questions handy. Yeah, me too. Why don't Why don't you start this one? Okay. Okay. Um, so, if you could repeat one experience you've had in your life, what would it be? Ooh. Uh, when you met me. I was going to say that, but I don't want to make it, make it weird. <laughs> but yeah. That was actually one of them. It was, you know, we've been friends forever. That's, that's definitely something I would, you know, yeah, it was awesome. But I got two. Okay. Okay. First one would be skydiving. Which I've done a lot, but I would, you know, I would like to do that again because it was like that's when I felt like I could either die or like experience something amazing. I chose to not be scared and experience something amazing for the when the first time I did it, and I, if I could experience it the first time again, I would do it. Wow, I mean, yeah. I I wish I had the guts to do that. I just yeah. I I don't know. I feel like I would get up there and. And just go absolutely not. But then once you're up there, I think they make you do it. They like push you out. They're like, well, well you're, out. yeah, you're, you're tandem on someone. So like you, you have like hooks onto your jacket and they hook onto you. So you're one with the person. So whatever he does, you do. I'm so. getting anxiety just thinking about it. I can't do it. I've what done indoor skydiving, which was lovely. My cousin uh, does it for a living. Like he's an instructor, a skydive instructor. And he does. Oh, indoor, you said? Hmm? You said indoor skydiving? Yeah, both. Oh. He does both. He's an instructor for both, but he's done it with me and uh, and my uncle. They do it professionally, but um, and I love like learning the little tricks and things. Yeah. That's good enough for me. Like going up the tunnel in a little room, like that's fine. Well, you know what's gonna happen? Now we're gonna have to take you to the, do the real thing. No. Yeah, know. your next birthday is gonna happen. I would have to be heavily medicated. No, it's gonna be awesome. You're gonna love it. Okay. We're gonna do it. Uh, the okay. second, the second one that I would do again is um, when I was a lot younger. I did like IDF training, Israeli military training, and it was like 
the best experience of my life. It, it was, That's yeah, it was incredibly challenging. It was awesome. They had soldiers come and when they were on, you know, leave or on break, they would come to what we were doing, the camp we were at, and they would hollow out rifles and give us each a rifle. And you would go and you'd hike the mountains and you would learn how to like, you know, if there was someone in attack, how to drop to the ground in one second with a rifle, where to go in shooting position and how to defend yourself, and how to clean your gun and it taught you responsibility. And it was such a humbling, amazing experience for like me as a young kid. And I'll never forget like just the times and the things that I saw and experienced and learned. And um, it was such a grounding experience for me. So I would do that again, for sure. I mean, I, I have regrets not going to the army, but you know, I would do that again, at least for sure. So that's something. That. That's always looks so awesome. Is that what they did in, um, like wonder woman is that the same training that they did like it was like israeli training I don't oh know. krav maga yes yeah yeah krav actually my so my cousin sasha is a professional instructor for krav maga and i want to go and do that with her so yeah i told her i'm going to start next month so that's what i'm going to try to do is go up there and start doing it like once twice a week and it looks awesome but no it's not it's, it wasn't combat it was simply just like take it was it was to teach you responsibility for your rifle and for your, your belongings and your team around you. That was the main thing is responsibility, uh, you know, uh, spatial awareness, like know your surroundings and just how to take care of yourself. So those, those simple things were like awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, Krav, you would love Krav. You should do Krav Maga. I want to try that. Sorry, Ben. This is like. Is, is Faith having a loud mouth today? She is like. I'm telling you, she is in rare form today. She wanted on the bed, and my bed's a little tall, so she couldn't get on. Hopefully now she's happy. Um, I think that sounds awesome. I've always wanted to do that. I think it looks so badass. I want to do it. Yeah, it looks um, fun. So should definitely set that up. That sounds awesome. I know you said that you had regrets about not joining the military. Yeah, my dad went. Um, obviously, he was and he lived there, so he was he was forced. But like, he always talks about it being the best experience of his life, and like, it was the best school for him. And he learned um, really how to be a man. Just it just it, it forces you to become a man. It's not like they teach you like here's what you do, and it's like it's just through experience and through trauma and through finding what you're made of. And when you are at your wits end and exhausted, still having strength to pick someone else up. And like just those little things that you get combat aside, just the rest of it. So I always wish I went um, and he, I don't ever told you this. He showed me a video when I was like at the age to go to the army and it was of his, his friend's son that was in the army and they were in the mountain stationed he was with his friend and they were like there for like three or four or five hours. So they were, they were stationed for a while. And he had his helmet camera on. And so he turned it around and showed him like, Hey, here we are in the mountains. Check it out. Here's my gun. He's my friend saying hi. And he got his head sniped on camera by. Yeah. So it was um, after that, he was kind of just like, it's not what it used to be. You're not going. And he tore up the papers and that was it. So I never went. But, wow. Yeah. Uh, big regrets there, but you know, I stayed here. I got to start my business and, beer for my nephews being born and everything. So I'm glad I stayed on some level, but yeah. Everything happens for a reason. So. Yeah, sure. Of course. Um, what do you I got? I think that, okay. There are so many experiences in my life that I would love to relive. 
Um, when I was I, like, thinking, I feel, oh, sorry, I was going to say, I feel like I had like, like 10 amazing ones. I just couldn't think of them. And like, so I know you, you have, your life is insane. So I can't wait to hear what you got. Well, you know, when I think more sentimental, um, I like really loved my childhood and my great grandma. And I just remember the summers of, um, just like, just very simple life, you know, just like going in the backyard and picking, a ton of apricots from her trees and like tomatoes in her garden and running around like I, I'm telling you I was little but running around naked in the sprinklers and then having her come in and like wrap me in a towel and I go lay on the couch in the air conditioning in the hot summers and like watch cartoons and I'm like this is the life and like just the the memory of her and like making BLTs and like set up a fort in the living room like she's my great grandma you know like it was just such a simple time and I miss her so much she passed when I was 15 so like reliving that experience would be amazing and just having her around again but then I also think of like just really cool fun times at like the play working at the Playboy Mansion like those are some of the most fun times of my life you cool. know it's like it was when I mean, it was just a different time, you know, um, where like, you know, we just had fun. We just had fun. And it just seemed like a, again, like a simpler time. And I feel like, you know, I was working uh, as a photographer, but like, it didn't feel like work. I don't, I'm very blessed to like have chosen careers that I've never really felt like work, but um yeah, it was just a lot of fun. It was like partying all the time. So hmm. those are like the experiences that really like, I don't know, stick out to me that I would like to to relive. Yeah. I think I would change mine a little bit to what you just said, because I think we both had great childhoods. So I would love to change mine to like literally any childhood experience. Like any time with my family at the beach or playing and then having lunch and, you know, making guac together or whatever, or, you know, riding horses or whatever, any of that stuff is like absolute happiness. So I, I love yours. I'm changing mine to that. Okay. Sounds yeah. good. No, you, you, I think your turn. Oh, you started. That's correct. Okay. Hold on. Um, if you had to choose the most necessary thing you do every day, what would it be? Oh, working out. Mm. working out for me if I don't in fact I only got two workouts in last week which was I don't remember the last time I I was only able to get two workouts in in a week and I felt very off I still do um mentally physically like it just uh I it's so necessary for me to work out every day why don't you get two in <laughs> Because, right because I'm 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 newly seeing somebody and we were spending a lot of time together last week. That's great. Hey. He was leaving for work for a week and I, you know, knew I wasn't gonna see him. And so we literally spent like every moment together that wow. that I wasn't working last week. And um and work was busy last week as well, but yeah, we just were enjoying each other's company. Yeah. So I think it's good because you don't you don't let yourself have that very often. So I think it's really good that you 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 do that. Even when you're dating someone, you you're very disciplined. You stay on work. You do your thing. But like 
I think every once in a while you might let a night a night go and just enjoy yourself and have like a tough day the next day. But like you work so hard every day, so early and you never let up. So I'm glad you had that. It's like really important for you. So that makes me happy to hear. Jen, thank you. Yeah, well, that's a lot about, um, about him. Cause I really don't, I like, I don't allow myself to really take time off or, exactly. um, yeah. Cause I don't, I feel my best when I'm working and working out. Um, but you know, this was, this was good. It was a good little, yeah. little break that I needed. Yeah. Good. What about you? Uh, drinking coffee. <laughs> Woo. Yes. No, no, I think, I think, I think, uh, I heard, a. am uh, I'm sure everyone's seen it by now. I heard a, a military general speak about this and I, I kind of adopted it. Um, I think the most important thing I do every day is making my bed. Yeah, it's so important, and it's such a simple task. And I, I write down my tasks every night before I the, the nights like I go to bed. I I do tasks before eight thirty, and then tasks before ten thirty. So I have like two sections. First is like make your bed, have coffee, you know, read your book for you know twenty minutes, practice Spanish, and then go to the next thing. And then I do those, and then I at the end of that ten thirty list, I hit you know go to go to the work list, and I go to my work list and stuff I have to do for work and. Um, I think the first action of making your bed is just so important because it's a sense of accomplishment, makes your room look nicer. And when you come back into the day, your bed is freshly made by you and great day or shitty day. It's just great to climb into a bed. That's, that's freshly made by you. I don't know how to explain it. It's just what it is. So that's my favorite thing I do is making my bed. It's so true. And if you can see right now, I made my bed this morning because I make it every day. Yeah. He's now destroyed it. And now she, <laughs> she, she just kicked a pillow off the bed. Oh, like, she's such a brat. I love it. Um, I'm going to grab her real quick. Sorry. No, no, do your thing. So many. I mean, she's stressed. Hey, come here. She's stressed. What, she's got to pay her taxes or something? What's going on? She, um... <laughs> if you could see her right now, I'm not even joking. Like, she is just a ball of energy. Hi, Faith. She is. I mean, it's just unreal. And, um... And the next question, number number three, is hilarious because it's uh, if you could name the best example of fate that you know, what would it be? When I was like preparing for today, I thought faith. That's why I named her Faith. Like it was totally fate. Yeah. I, I'm rethinking that today. Mm. Um, <laughs> are you she's just such a brat no but seriously she it's so uh, the fate of having her like even though she's difficult today she really is amazing and she helped yeah. me through you know a, a difficult time in my life and um of course and it was totally fate because i was looking to adopt a dog couldn't find any dogs for adoption. All the dogs that were available were big dogs and I have a smaller place. So I had to get a smaller dog. And, um, and so then, you know, I saw on Instagram, someone that, that had a dog, a puppy. And I said, where'd you get it? And she said, you know, breeder in Riverside. And I was at my sister's, um, place, which is near Riverside. Yeah. Oh my God, this is perfect. I called the breeder. She's like, let me call you back. Never did. Um, then 
that night I had a dream very random that I was in a Walmart and in my dream I'm like what the hell am I doing at Walmart like I haven't been at a Walmart in years yeah. and then I woke up I told my sister about it like I had this dream that I was in a Walmart so random and then on the way home I was like yeah she never called me the breeder but I guess it wasn't meant to be and I'm on the 60 coming back to LA and then she calls me and she's like hey sorry I didn't uh I didn't reach out yesterday. Things got really hectic, but you can come by today and see the puppies if you want tonight. And um, I said, well, I'm already on my way home. I'm on the 60. I don't know if I've passed you already. I have no idea where I'm at. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, well, I'll send you my address. And if you um, haven't passed it yet, then, then come by. And so I put it in and she's the next exit, like less than a mile away. Yeah. And I just, I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I get there and I meet Faith and I really um, just like fell in love with her. And I'm like, but I don't have anything for her. I don't have a crate. I don't have food bowls and water bowls. And she's like, well, there's a Walmart down the street. <sighs> so I went in a Walmart and it was just like my dream. It was so surreal. Um, and, then, and then I got her and she's been amazing until today. Until today. Hi, you little nightmare. How are you? <laughs> Today she's a nightmare. She's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> but we're working on it. We're working with a trainer, and and she actually made a lot of headway last night. You would never know it today, but well, you know, I think I think for a dog being that cute, she has to be a little bit annoying. Like, there's no way she can be that cute and perfect. Doesn't work that way. So, you know, <laughs> she's a puppy too. She's not even a teenager yet. She's she's gonna be a little rambunctious. Oh my you know? God. She is adorable, just, so it's all good. No, thank you. Like so, that, what? What's your moment of fate? I had a lot of them, honestly. I have moments of fate that weren't even for myself. There were moments of fate for myself. There's moments of fate, my, moments of fate for my family, my business. I mean, God, it's crazy. Like my sisters have both gone through uh, pretty traumatic things in their life, and on different scales, are not to be compared. They're just different for the for themselves, but they each led to the amazing families they have now and the amazing husbands they have now and the kids they have now and the kids that I, that make me so proud to be an uncle and how specifically I love each of them differently is, I mean, I would, it would have happened regardless, of course, but like just the way everything happened and broke down and in the moment, it felt horrible. It felt like, you know, uh, why does this happen to me for my sisters and like all these things and through the course of time, it's just amazing how you look at things. And I love that saying, it's old, but it's my favorite. Uh, things don't happen to you, they happen for you. And it's, you got to realize these things and look at them. And it's true. I mean, it's unbelievable. But I, oh, there's so many different examples. I'll use that as one of them is just the families my sisters have cultivated through what's happened to them. And then for me, fate. I would say being fired from my last job. Mm. That was the one that really changed the course of my business career. I mean, it it was the final, like, I'm not doing this again. I'm sick of it. I'm not going to let someone else be in control of my fate. I'm not, not, no pun intended, but that was the last straw for me. So when that happened, it, it brought out that side of me that just said, I'm going to go balls to the wall. I'm going to start my business. I'm going to hustle. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make it work. And I did. And that to me was the best thing that could have happened to me getting fired from that last job. It taught me I'm not meant to work for somebody. Yeah. You know? 
So, and that led to meeting you because that's when I started shooting full time. And then Jared's like, Hey, like I got a friend that can help you. And that's how you and I met. So us sitting here talking right now, being as good of friends, friends as we are this many years later is all because, also because of that too. So that to me is, yeah, it's fake for sure. I think. Yeah. I love it. I've had a lot of examples like that as well. Yeah. And, um, and that's, you know, I, th I think it's awesome to look back and see how fate has like, you know, played a huge role in everything that you do and sure. who you meet. It's like everything happens for a reason. It's really awesome to see. Yeah, I try. I started shifting that that uh, that mindset from uh, everything happens for. I do believe that everything happens for a reason, but I shifted that from that to like things don't happen to you to happen for you. Yeah, it it just feels a little less cliche, and it, and it's easier to kind of believe in that versus the for me at least personally. So yeah, I love that. What about you? What do you got? Oh no, I uh, now it's your turn. No, did she? Oh, you did the fate one. Okay, I'm a little slow today. That's okay. I'm drinking Celsius. It's hitting me kind of slow. Oh, <laughs> changing up from coffee to Celsius. Look at the color. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Um, wait, okay. If you had to describe yourself in one word as a child, what would it be? Oh my God. I would say cautious. Really? I, I was a very scared kid like I I was very cautious to do anything I I mean as a kid oh my gosh I <laughs> I was scared of getting in trouble um when I was really little like I was scared of upsetting somebody mm. I didn't want to do anything to upset anyone or or get into trouble I never was on like timeout or got grounded or anything like that and I and and I was scared of being different I just wanted to fit in and so I didn't really want to try to stand out too much I was just very cautious of everything I did and overthought everything I did I was constantly just stressed and overthinking wow yeah yeah it was a, a I was a mess um until I really became a teenager and then I then I, I think I just started to rebel a little bit because I was so tired. Then you, then you were a pain in the ass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like this one. She's a teenager right now. She's 10 months. I think that's a teenager. Yeah. That's exactly what she's doing right now. I'm going to try one more time to put her in a crate because this is a nightmare. <laughs> she's not going to let you do it. She's not going to let me do it, but I'm going to try. And okay. then you tell me. Tell you what, right now while you're off screen? Yep. All right. Uh, God, one word to describe me as a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I had, you know, I think, uh, mask. I wore a mask a lot as a kid. I think I was confused. I, I had, I had friends that were great friends, but like bad friends for me as a kid. I was like around kids that when we were just behind closed doors, hanging out, playing video games or whatever, they were like great friends. But as soon as we went out, went out and did stuff, we were stupid and did dumb things. And I just followed along because I wanted to be with my friends and do, you know, be part of the crew. Um, but if I was like with my cousins, who were like my best friends growing up, aside from my friends, I was like me. I was just, I was just goofy and messing around, having fun and respectful and helpful and all those things. But then I would, I would shift based on who I was around. So I felt a little confused. I didn't know if I was like meant to be. 
let me restructure this a little bit. Based on what happened with my sisters, I tried to go the other direction and be like the good one. Yeah. They weren't bad by any means, but they were older than me. So they got, they went through stuff faster than I did. I was next in line. So when I became there, I did some dumb stuff too. But as a kid, I was, I was definitely a little, um, trying to hide a little bit and like be good and still try to find out what it meant to have fun without getting in trouble and show a good face and be the kid that my parents are proud of. And, and then try to be the kid that my friends wanted to be around and be cool enough to be there, but not be considered a good boy. Like I was just constantly trying to figure it out. So I don't really answer the question, but that's kind of what it yeah, was. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I think a lot of, of us go through that as kids or we're trying to figure out like what group we want to be known with or like fit in with and like what we want to be we're trying to figure it out and so you kind of have to like put on these masks and try to figure out which one fits you best and what's messed up is i do it now as an adult too i mean we all have a mask at some point at some point you're you're a version of yourself maybe you i don't know not everybody but me uh, I know I catch myself and do it less, but I have a mask for certain people, you know, like the person I am in front of, you know, someone brand new, a brand new client might get the best version of me. I'm trying to be like the best version of myself. So I'm smiling and nodding along and yeah, totally. And whatever. And then when I talk to you, I'm just chilling myself. And then I, I go to my, my dad, I'm somebody else. And it's all me, but there's different branches of my energy that people get. Right. My I think, yeah. I think a lot of people are that way. Not everybody. But I do think a lot of, and I admire people that that can just like be a hundred percent themselves all the time in front of anybody. I think I'm like you, where I'm I'm kind of, and it's not that I'm different with different people or like change my personality. I think certain people bring certain things out in my personality or sometimes I feel like with other personalities I have to reserve myself a little bit so I feel like maybe in front of my family sometimes I might be a little more reserved or I might like there's things that I know I can't talk about with my family but like if I go to a client or a friend or something then I'm I feel like maybe more myself or like a different personality comes out in me and then with certain friends, like sometimes people just bring like goofy sides out of me or more serious sides out in me. And so I think that's normal, I think. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That's awesome. Okay. <laughs> that's so, awesome. That's awesome. If you, uh, number five, if you okay. had to keep uh, a detailed diary of a certain period of your life, um, when would it have been? Um, that's a hard one. Uh, again, I got two answers. I think the time when I quit my job or not quit, when I got fired from my job, laid off, I would, I would like to see, remind myself of the hustle that I put in to get to what happened now, the, you know, living like I'm broke and I was broke, but like living like you're broke, saving your money you know, not going out doing stupid stuff, buying stupid things, working your ass off, hustling, making contacts, you know, uh, under promising over delivering, which I still do parts of that, but you get complacent sometimes. And I wish I could, you know, keep a detailed version of my lowest point and go back and look at it and see what qualities I had, what qualities I have now, what I've learned since then. 
and pick certain parts of, you know, when I did whatever it took to get there, I wanted to be, because you get comfortable sometimes. You still do what you got to get the job done, but you, you get comfortable. And I don't, I don't like that about myself. Sometimes I get, I get comfortable. So I like, I wish you can go back and see that a little bit. Um, and the second one would be when my family went through my sister having stage four breast cancer. I wish I can go back and see how I handled that emotionally, like how I handled myself, how I handled show, how I showed up for other people and for myself, how much I put it away and pretended it wasn't there or how much I really accepted it and like sat at it and kind of like grieved it in the moment. Um, I wish I wrote down in, in detailed journal, like what my parents looked like, how they handled it, how my sister handled it. I wish I could just go back and really see how we handled one of the toughest times in all of our lives as a family together collectively. Mm -hmm. um, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I, yeah, that would be really cool to see. And, and I guess like, that's, that's why it's so important. I think to keep journals and I'm so bad at it like journals and diaries because you do you want to like go back you forget so many details or oh, sure. how you handle things it, it would be cool to go back and see like how you were so strong in some areas maybe how you're weak in some areas and and look back and go wow i've really grown from that sure um yeah yeah that a lot um for me yeah it's interesting that you say the low <laughs> like your lower parts i I think that would be interesting. My mind wasn't there when I read this question. I, I think I, I, I just remember this huge chunk of my life in my early twenties that was so exciting Yeah, because I was doing photography full time. I was working like three jobs. Like I was a, a nanny um, for two amazing kids and had that like day job. And then at night, I had this huge party life where I would be working one night at the Playboy Mansion, one night at like Laugh Factory or, or some sort of comedy club, staying up until like working till two in the morning and then going at two in the morning to like Mill's Diner on Sunset with my friends, like all these comedians that I made friends with that I'm still friends with. Like we just had the most amazing time. And like, it was back when reality shows were real and I remember just going to all of the like you know the hills and Laguna Beach and all that like we would go to the clubs that they were going to and we'd see the you know and it was just like such a fun exciting time and I was also at that time a ring girl um and for like UFC and I was modeling a lot and doing like these comedy skits and like I just feel like as I was getting no sleep, I don't know how I did it because now I need my sleep. I was getting no sleep and working all the time, but it never felt like work. It was so much fun. And I wish I would have kept, I mean, I have photos obviously, but, but I wish I would have kept a journal of just all the amazing nights because there was always just, it was like, my life was always this, like, I'd wake up thinking it was just going to be a normal day. And then at the end of the day, I, I would have like gotten invited to some amazing like premiere or, and, and like met so-and-so and just had the craziest night. And I'm like, it would happen to me all the time. And I'm like, how does this happen? Like, 
I woke up thinking this is going to be a normal day. And then I'm sitting here with like so-and-so like Dave Chappelle sharing a pizza. Like that was my life all the time. And uh, it would be really cool to like look back and go, oh yeah. Cause I know I'm forgetting like memories and amazing nights that I wish I would have like wrote down. You know what this question should actually be instead of, instead of well, I think journaling is important. So I don't want to reduce what that means, but I think the more, the more like compelling thing would be if you could have a uh, like a camera crew following you around, but like you can't see them, but like just fly on the wall, camera crew following you around at one period of your life, what would it be? And I would love to see all that stuff you just said. That sounds so cool. That's awesome. Such a good time in my life. Um, wow. Such a wild time. And there is no worries about coronavirus or right you know oh what I mean? like it was just so like carefree yeah. and and it's just a different time and I'm like wow that was a really cool time in my life and yeah it would be awesome to experience it but also like you said like no you got me thinking like um you know I went from that to living in Arizona and after after that experience like kind of got everything taken away from me and I was living in my car and in a a beater car like that barely ran had the mirror like on the side duct taped on like I just had lost everything and I was rebuilding my life and you know showering at Equinox and getting ready and um like there and it would be cool to have a journal of that as well I mean yeah to see oh. how I got through that because yeah. I know there were hard days but also looking back, I feel like most days I was pretty positive and didn't let it get to me, but I know it had to have been hard. I just don't think I allowed myself to go there, but it would have been cool to see journals from that as well. I was going to say, I'd love to see that time of your life when you were like living in your car. I mean, that, that to me is a, is a documentary, a movie, like that whole thing is, that'd be such an interesting time to see like what your thought, what your thoughts were actually, not just what you think you thought and how you felt, but like what you actually were saying in your mind mm. to yourself, like, here we go again, like, or whatever, whatever the case was, or just grateful to have a place to shower in the morning, like whatever it was for you. you yeah. Know, that would be think, yeah. I think looking back though, it's interesting. I never thought of myself as being homeless because I knew I always could go back to like my grandma's or who I was living with for a while before I moved to LA yeah. Um, I, I didn't think of myself as being homeless. I remember thinking every day, like, okay, so I just have to get through today. Today I'm in my car today. I have to shower at Equinox and get ready there. And then I'll get some clients and, and who knows, like, and then maybe the next day I found someone's couch to sleep on. Maybe the next day, uh, someone offered me like, I, you know, my journals would say like, yeah, this guy at Equinox offered me a room at his house and I just have to go grocery shopping for him and make dinner and walk his dog and, and it's good. And then the next day would be like, so I got kicked out of that house cause I wouldn't sleep with him. And now I'm back in my car and like, <laughs> like it would be like that. And then like, honestly, oh, and it's like on and on. And then literally one day, like, wow, this amazing family that I've been training just offered me their guest house in Bel Air rent free for a whole year. Like yeah. this, I won the lottery. Like, like literally my journal. That was amazing. That, 
Yeah. And so just like up and down, up and down. But I do remember being pretty positive throughout the whole thing. And just, I just have to make it through today. Yeah. That's it. Like, yeah. and if it doesn't work, I go, I go back home. Like do whatever it takes. Yeah. Um, but yeah. My up or you up? Uh, I think it's me. Okay, cool. Um, oh, describe your first kiss, Ben. Oh, uh, okay. How old are you? Wow, how old are I? I would think I was. God, my God, how old was I? 12, 13, 14, something like that. Okay. Might have, no, it was actually, wait. My first, like, real kiss was probably 13, 14, but, like, my first kiss was, like, I don't know, I was, like, five or six or whatever. It wasn't, you know, nothing crazy. But my first one that I remember, remember, I was, yeah. at, I was at camp. I went to a place called uh, Cottontail Ranch, which is in, like, Malibu Canyon. Okay. And every year we'd have, like, a, there's a dance you go to. And you go with someone. So um, I remember one year I asked this girl named, I'll never see her again. Her name was Lynn. And um, she was like one of the cool girls that was like really pretty. And I thought it would never happen, but I asked her and she said yes. And so we went and we were at the dance and we kind of just walked off. And she just said, do you want to make out? And I said, yeah and so we just started making out that was it we just say that was started making out right there we're we were under a tree and we were like behind it was at night we we're behind a tree and the dance floor was over here and we were right we were right in a spot where i thought we were hidden but literally all the camp instructors could see us and pda was a no you don't do that and so we got busted right away like in two seconds we were but no, that's not true 10 seconds we were busted we had made out for a little bit and then they came in, one of them grabbed me by the arm and pulled me out and took me back to my cabin. And uh, he was like, I had to pull you out so everyone saw that, but like, I'm proud of you. <laughs> I was like, yeah. why'd you stop it? Like, but he had, he had, that was their job. They had to stop it. But that was my first, that was my first uh, kiss. She like laughed as I got pulled off. We were both laughing, but it was like embarrassing, but awesome. And did you ever kiss her again after that? No, that was it. Aww. yeah because they were like against the rules and we you know the camp was split in two you, you never like, saw her after that camp no she didn't live in the area she was out of the uh -huh. yeah, she wasn't even in the same state so, so yeah it was cool it was uh it was it's a cool memory it was like you know it was sweet it was like it's like out of a movie it was very like cinematic sort of like you know run off to it you know behind the dance floor whatever yeah so it was cool what about yours well okay so like you, I had like a, my first kiss as a kid, I was in fourth grade. Um, there you go. And I really liked this guy, Zach. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to kiss him. And his best friend lived next door to my best friend. So we would all be in the same area all the time. Like I'd be at her house, he would be at his house. And so we, I was over there and he was riding a bike in front of the house, going back and forth with his friend. And I looked at my friend and I said, I'm going to kiss Zach. And she said, how are you going to do that? And I said, I'm going to go push him off his bike. And that's exactly what I did. I went and I shoved him off his bike and he goes, what'd you do that for? And I jumped on top of him and I grabbed his face and I just made out with him. And yeah. You're such a dick, but it, that's great. I love it. 
I was very aggressive. <laughs> and um, and then my friend, you know, I was terrified of getting in trouble. I told my friend, do not tell my dad I did that. And the first thing she does when my dad shows up is, Tom, <laughs> Morgan push Zach off his bike and kiss him. And I look at her like, bitch. And he, he, my dad is not like a confrontational, does not like have like, he doesn't like to discipline, like just very like chill guy. And so we're on our way home and it was just an awkward silence. And I remember being so nervous, like he's not saying anything. And he goes, so why'd you do that? And I'm like, um, cause I wanted to. And he goes, well, we don't always do what we want to do. Don't ever do that again. I'm like, okay. And that was like the end of the conversation. Wow. <laughs> so terrifying. But then like my real like teenage kiss, I was 13. Um, this guy drew and we, he asked me to be his girlfriend, which meant walking me to class, holding me, my, holding my hand, you know? And so he was like walking me to my, after school, I'd like walk to my mom's work and he was like, okay, I'll walk you to your mom's work. Um, meet me behind the McDonald's and I'd like to kiss you. Oh. And I said, oh, okay. But no tongue. You said no tongue? I said that. You said no tongue? I said no tongue. Why? And he said, okay. I thought I was moving way too fast. (laughs) So (laughs) So I met him behind the McDonald's and the plan was to kiss. And, um, and so we kiss and then he, I feel his tiny little tongue, like trying to sliver, like slide in. And I smacked him on the face and I said, I said no tongue. And then I walked away. <laughs> wow. Momo getting feisty. <laughs> but then we like went to the movie theater. I remember my great grandma driving us to the movie theater and then we made out through the whole movie. So I, I ended up giving in pretty quickly. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. That's a, that's a good one. I like that one. All right. You're up. I'm Number up. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Uh, you need to move these faster. I know. We're only, we're only on seven. Jesus. Uh, if you could name the most difficult thing about being a teenager today, what would it be? Oh, social media. I, I am so glad that I never, I mean, we barely had cell phones in high school. I mean, the cell phones in high school were like, they had like the snake game and you had to type yeah, like, yeah. for a C like one, one, one. <laughs> like, like it was like, nine, no, nine there was no social media, hardly yeah. any texting, no photos. Um, so I think kids have it so hard today with social media and just kids are, are mean as it is, but to add social media to it and pictures, yeah. and, like, thank God we weren't allowed to, take photos and send send pics and stuff back then that's awful yeah i think i I actually think i I agree with you um i think it is not only that but i think it's the access to um millions of people yeah like if you like i'm terrified for my niece personally Mm -hmm. i think my nephews will be okay because they're just so drilled into sports and just being boys and whatever Mm -hmm. You know, but I mean, the most they have to compete with is like another guy wearing a cooler jersey than they do. Like, oh, he's got the LeBron jersey. He has the whatever. Jer-. Like, that's all they really. And that's not even really a thing. Mm. Girls. Not knowing if a girl has a filter on, if she's actually that tone, if she looks that good or not, if she has, you know, if she's traveling somewhere and the other girl can't afford to travel. Like all, all those little micro things add into an overall 
some little sweet girl sitting on her couch, you know, watching the stuff and like just feeling less than less than dirt. And that the part scares the crap out of me because that is, I think it's 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 not only social media, it's just simply comparison is what I'm scared for. Yeah. It's comparing themselves to anything but themselves. And I'm guilty of it too. I do it all the time too. I see something like that guy's traveling this, doing that, whatever, like. It's and it's and it's 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 easy to 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 go to that place instead of oh that's so cool good for them and I try to default that place but I can only imagine on a child and if you're a teenager you're still a child to me so like that I can't imagine because they don't have those skills yet so their default is like damn it like yeah. that just it makes me sad to to see that so I think the most the most difficult thing is comparison for sure it's so true it's so scary and sad. Yeah. And then it sucks because those people most likely don't even live the extravagant lifestyle they're portraying. And then these kids are thinking it's real. It's not even real. And yeah. then, and then they're like sitting there sad and depressed that they don't have that. But like most of social media is fake anyway. And people yeah. don't always realize that, especially kids. Sure. Um, okay. What is the most embarrassing moment of your life? You know, I actually thought about this a lot and I told, I think I, I, um, Full disclosure, we talked about this ahead of time, so you know, yeah. whatever. But I, I've noticed, and it bothers me actually, is that I suppress a lot of stuff. I have friends that tell me stories and like these elaborate, crazy stories that I was like the center of or a huge contributing factor, and I'm like, what? I don't remember any of it, and it, it scares me a little bit that I suppressed that much stuff in my childhood. So um, I don't know. That's a hard one. I don't have anything that's like that extreme um most embarrassing moment in my life you go first you're kind of lucky, lucky i i have a very vivid embarrassing moment in middle school i was very awkward i had like two friends like two really good friends yeah. and that's it and one of them <laughs> she was we were walking talking during like a passing period and then the bell rings and she's like um she's like all right uh well you know like see you at lunch and I'm like okay and then I went to like walk away from her and there were a lot our school's old and from earthquakes there are a lot of like cracks in the ground and stuff I tripped on one of the cracks on the ground and I fell on my face and my binder opened and all my papers went flying. It happened to be a windy day. My papers were everywhere. And she looks back and I go, and then she goes, oh, Morgan. And like, I was like on the ground. People were just walking over me. And then she goes, <laughs> and then she like ran. She did not help me at all. And I was like roadkill. No one was helping me. I my papers were everywhere. I'm like, I ended up being late to class and getting detention because I was trying to like get my papers every from all, my homework and everything. And uh, and no one helped me. She looked looked at me and saw and was like, oh my god, embarrassing. And she ran off. Oh, that sucks. And I and I was roadkill. People were just stepping on me, like did not even care. And that was so embarrassing to me because I was already so awkward and like did not want to be different and felt different. And then, and then that happened. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is I, the most awful day of my life. I feel like you've had someone almost in your life that are like, it could be a scene in a movie. 
Like, <laughs> I can see that in some, like, Disney, like, TV show or Nickelodeon TV show. Like, you know, it's, uh, anyway, that's crazy. Um, let's, let's keep plugging away here. I think. Okay, number nine. You're number up. nine. Who was your biggest role model growing up? You know, like, I would like to be sentimental and say my grandma, like, for the first you know, few years of my life, first 15 years of my life, I think my grandma was such a huge role model and, and is so much of who I am today because of her. She had me grow up on old movies, a lot of black and whites and like classical, like, uh, musicals and stuff. And, and just, I think, you know, some people say I'm an old soul. I think it's because of her. Um, you know, she was just such a kind, woman. I think as a teenager, I will say a role model for me ended up being JLo because I never really felt like I, I was pretty or belonged And everyone. I remember being like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera. They were all like blonde yeah. and really thin and um, just different than me. And so I never felt pretty or, um, I don't know. Like, I didn't really know. And, and, and I didn't really know, like, as far as like who I, I was like, um, I didn't like people thought I was maybe Hispanic of some kind and I'm not. And so I couldn't really, identify. I wish I could like identify with, they were like, Oh, you're Hispanic. No, I'm not. Oh, you're white. Well, I don't know. Like people don't yeah. like, I just didn't really identify really with anybody because I wasn't like the blonde cheerleader and I also wasn't like the exotic like Latino girl and and so I really like didn't know how I fit in and then for some reason like when JLo came out in Selena I'll never forget and then she started doing her music career and stuff but Selena <laughs> I saw this like gorgeous woman with you know dark hair and dark features and curves and i'm like oh and she was beautiful and like popular and like people went crazy for her and like i remember her first music video came out and i'm like okay i could i can identify with that like it like gave me hope that like a boy would be interested in me one day like i i'm like you know it just and and i just gravitated towards her and still do i mean she's amazing but I would say that she definitely became like a, a role model for me. I think she was like the first celebrity I remember like looking up to, if that made sense. Wow. Interesting. I think that's actually interesting too. You make that point because that is what girls do now, but that's part of my point though, is that girls do it now, but with like girls on social media and girls on TikTok and girls on, those are the role models. The internet is raising the kids now that I wanted to make sure I doubled down on that point. Yeah. That's where comparison comes from before it was like, the movie star, the whatever, the woman smoking a cigarette elegantly with the handsome man. And like all those things are, we've just shifted now. And now this is what we do. And it's, mm -hmm. it's crazy, but that's, uh, that's, that's a cool story. Actually I like that for me, I think it's a variety of different people. Um, my dad is one of them um, in, in certain ways, not in all aspects, but there's certain things that I really you know, loved the way he provided, the way he took care of us, the way he would show up and be strong and stood up for what he thought and believed in and didn't let up. He was unwavering or sorry, not was, he is unwavering still. Um, and so there's good and bad with that, but there's something to be taken away from that as a positive. And I, I watched him 
you know, build a business from nothing. I know that he came here without knowing the language and spoke not a single lick of English and found a way to get a job and put his hands to work and make money and provide for himself and, you know, provide for his family. And um, I've just really always admired that about him. I think he's one. My uncle's one of them. My, my mom's, well, yeah, both uncles, my mom's brother, my mom's sister's husband, both were amazing role models. They were just such sweet, kind men. And they were, they were so sweet to the woman in their life. And I think I pulled part of that for myself too. Um, and as far as celebrities, I got weird ones, but mine were like, when I was a kid, like Tom Cruise is the coolest guy ever, like Top Gun and like Days of Thunder, the racing movie. Like I loved the confidence he had on screen. I loved, you know, I loved all that stuff. And then I think Will Smith was a big one for me. Um, loved Will Smith. I loved watching the Fresh Prince grow from being a, a little young, dumb kid to, you know, becoming mature and like settling into who he is. And, um, you know, even though as a character, he grew up a lot on that show. He grew up hugely on that show in real life. So I took that as well. I loved Jim Carrey growing up. He taught me how to be a silly goofball and just, you know, that's okay to be that way. Um, I've had friends that have passed away and, you know, they made being creative cool. And I looked up to them a lot because they made being a goofball or being creative something that's okay to do. And then also Ross and Chandler from Friends. Yeah. I did, those are my boys. And <laughs> I love all three of them. I just, those are the three guys. Like, I love those dudes. I just, you know, I just loved, again, how they handled humor, how they handled, I know it's a TV show and it's all writing and whatever. Who knows what they were in real life, but they were a big part of me. We all watched as a family growing up and that became mm -hmm. part of like my rhythm and yeah. part of, you know, who I am growing up. So that was a long answer, but that's fine. Amazing. I like, I love all that. Uh, and you're like a big mix of all that. Yeah. I'm a bit of a concoction. It's, it's a mess. <laughs> um, okay. We'll try to move these last ones uh, quicker. Yeah. Um, let's see. Okay. So if you could have one part, wait, it is my turn, right? Yeah. If yeah. you could have one person you've lost touch with call you and ask you out to dinner, uh, who would it be? Dead or alive or alive? Just, yeah, alive. Like someone that you've lost contact with. Okay. Um, damn it. I would say, you know, I don't know. That's a hard one. I, I have a couple friends that I've lost touch with, but it's it's kind of for a reason. Oh. But I do, I do miss them sometimes. So like, I, you know, um, one of my friends, Jacob, who was like my best friend growing up, um, I would love to see who he is now mm -hmm. and see, you know, he would he was a difficult person for me growing up, but taught me a lot of lessons that I definitely hold near and dear today. So I think now that I made peace with all that, I'd love to see who he is now and see who he's become. And um, yeah, that's part of it. And then I've lost touch with some family just over politics and different things growing up. So I'd love to, that's a hard question, Momo. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to stick with that. I think for now, I might have another answer, but that's it for now. Um, yeah. I think for me, like someone that sticks out would be uh, my friend Malika. Who uh, oh, yeah. trained Malika Han. Yeah. Um, I trained her for a long time and her sister Khadija. Um, and we were really close. And then we had like a falling out that even like to this day is a little confusing for me. Yeah. And um, 
I really miss our friendship. There were a lot of um, good and bad things about being her friend, sure. but um, but I would like to think that the the positive outweighed the negative. Mm-hmm. Um, and it bothers me to this day that we couldn't like uh, that we couldn't you know figure it out. those issues and figure it out. Yeah. So I I do uh, think about it from time to time. Like I wish that we could make things better. Maybe but, could, I don't know your, the this, the the politics of yours and what happened, but I mean I do, but I mean not like where it is now. Maybe we can both challenge each other, reach out to that person, and ask them not to dinner. That would be. I might actually. I, mean, I think I might actually do it and just be like, "Hey, want to get dinner next week?" And okay. It could end up with a no. It could end challenge. Up- I mean, you know, I'm at a place now where I feel confident that I'll at least. I'm not confident that she'll accept, but I'm confident that um, she doesn't have to do my part. But I'll do my part, and I'll I'll reach out to her. I you o- you open the line for a, a solid rebuild to communicate. We both have learned a lot, you know, over the last few years or whatever. So I think that's something we could both do and benefit from. Yeah, so let's, let's I, yeah I think it'd be healing too. I mean, just to know that I tried because I, I don't think I've ever really tried because I was hurt. Uh, I was hurt, and I thought, you know what? better off and yes. now i look back and go i wish i kind of would have handled that a little differently exactly. um, and so yeah i think that would be a good exercise for us to do i mean at least it would make us feel better that we tried and we owe it to ourselves to have that and whether they say no or yes or whatever at least you did your part to like you know you came out with growth and if they didn't that's on them but at least you you know open it up to having a moment for yourself okay okay let's see um <laughs> you might have a better answer for these than I don't. I don't. Uh, let's see. If you could own a single prop from a movie, what would it be? The necklace in Titanic. Oh, <laughs> oh. yeah. Okay. Damn. Stuff right. like that heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. Sticks out to me. Okay, this will be a quick one. Um, I have a good one for you that I would want you to have. What's that? Johnny Depp's hat in Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, it's at the it's at Disney Studios. I've seen it. It's in Is a it really. Maybe we. Uh, Could maybe I we steal it? Break in. No, I'm just. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I feel like I'd want the. Um, the Mrs. Doubtfire outfit. Oh my god! With the burnt boobs. The whole thing. I want all <laughs> of it. The burnt tits. That and then the ass paddle from Daisy Confused. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen that in so long. I know. Uh, let's go right to the next one. Go ahead. Okay. Um, if you could own um, a single piece of clothing from a movie, what would it be? I'll make so we can move along. I'll make it quick. Same thing, Mrs. Delphar outfit. I'll keep that one. Okay. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say the the dress that Audrey Hepburn wore in the opening of Breakfast at Tiffany's, which I think just got uh, sold. By the way, I think it sold for like millions of dollars. Jesus yeah, I don't remember who bought it, but yeah. Nice. Uh, I'm gonna get judgment for this one, but I'll actually change it. I want. The aviators from Top Gun. Any one of the guys, Ooh. any one of the dudes that any one of their glasses, they all have the almost perfect sunglasses. I want them. <laughs> any of them. 
All right. Um, okay. So if you could study any subject in school that was not an option or still not an option, what would that be? That's a good question. Um, okay. So I really wish that in school you learn more about money and financing and like how to save and how to spend and how to budget. And I can't believe this isn't a subject in school. You get out of school and the most important thing about life they don't teach you how to budget, how to put money aside for taxes, like, um, you know, how to save, how to invest. Like you, then you have to get out of school and you have to buy all these books and take all these classes to learn about it. It's like, yeah. why didn't we learn about this in high school? Yeah. Um, I, you stole my answer, 100% agree. That is 100%. I think I would add on to that though. So I think it's that and learning how to, you know, deal with your money, how much to save, how much to put away. So when you, you know, go through your dumb phase of going out all the time and drinking and whatever, and going on vacation with your friends and eating out and stuff, you have a mindset around saving for your future to buy a house or do this or do that or save for your education or save for your kid's education or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that would be, I heard, I heard Shaq, I, I, get, I got, I get more financial advice on like TikTok from like watching stuff like, Cause there's a lot of good stuff on there about stock yeah, investments yeah. and whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Shaq was on one of them and he goes like, he was like, he talked to a guy and he said like, you might be rich talking to Shaq cause he's a you know NBA player and stuff. You might be rich, but I'm wealthy. And he goes, okay, what's the difference? And he goes, you see this piece of paper and he ripped it in half and he goes 50%. The, the, the rich do this. They say 50%. The wealthy cut that in half. They say 75%. So he's like, you save 75% of each check, the rest, do whatever you want, ball out, go to dinner, buy that car, buy the whatever, but that amount, that rest of it, you save. And that's, I get, those little nuggets are so valuable to me. So what I would add on top of it also is learning how to do your taxes, like learning how to properly do bookkeeping and write down each thing that's expensable and what, what is and what isn't and start like, you know, getting in rhythm of writing down what you're spending money on and what's deductible and what's not and all those things. I think if you could incorporate that into what you're talking about, it would, it would be such, it is really weird that it's not a, a thing. That's maybe, really maybe they don't want it to be a thing. Who knows? You know, I hate that, but anyway. Um, okay. So if you could spend a week alone by yourself, where would you go? Um, I think I would go to a remote part of Yosemite, hmm. I think, just being surrounded by enormous trees and rock formations and water formations and waterfalls and, you know, just ungodly nature type things, just to be humbled and be in a space that is no distraction, not, you know, no people, none of that. I think I would, that's where I would, that's where I would go. So funny, you gravitate towards the, the, the mountains and stuff. I'm more ocean, like tropical. I'm right. thinking like Hawaii, if I just go to like Hawaii or the Maldives or somewhere beautiful, which is a ton of ocean, you know, and just be on the beach and like paddleboard and, you know, like work out outside. Like that would be like my ideal place to go. Yeah, I'm definitely, I, I, I love the beach. I love the water. But if I had a choice to go 
yeah, I think it'd be, it'd be somewhere in nature where I can make, like build a fire for myself and have no, just no phone, no laptop, nothing. And just have to sit there with my thoughts for a week and just look at the fire and just like put my thoughts into the fire and just kind of let it just, you know, or speak out loud, talk out loud where no one can hear me to say things and speak to the fire. And like that would to me would be, yeah. So that's interesting. I think we are, that's so interesting. I, Cause I always thought myself as a beach person, but that's, yeah, we do. We are a little different. That yeah. Way. yeah. It's interesting, but the, um, and we won't get into to it too much. So move on. But um, I find like the mountains to actually, um, it's so, so weird, but give me anxiety a little bit. Like I need to be able to see. And when I just see right. trees and I know I'm up on a mountain and I think if there's a fire, like there's only one way or two ways to get up or down. It gives me anxiety. Like I need to be flat where I can see everything. Like I, it sounds so crazy, but elevation yep. and like the trees and everything gives me anxiety. Like I, I, I can only I for so long. I agree with that with a sense like I, I hate the feeling of feel like I'm being watched by like a bear or a mountain lion or a whatever. <laughs> that stuff scares the crap out of me. I'm not going to lie. I'll be totally transparent about that. Like I love being in nature, but like if I could be ideal, it would be with the guarantee that nothing's watching me. Like nothing's going to come up and like eat my face off or whatever. Like that, that part scares the crap because you have no control over that. Like no, any man can pretend like he's a man and can like deal with anyone. Like if a bear comes into your space, it wants to eat your face and eat your face. That's it. It's not like you would handle that. No, <laughs> you're, you're done. Done deal. So yeah, I can be, yeah, that's, that's, that's not funny. Okay. Uh, Number 15. Am I up or you up? I forget. You're up. If you were the first lady or first man of the country, what would you want your role to be? I would want, I, to me, like the best role model, no matter how you feel about politics was Michelle Obama because she was, I mean, she's kind of like on, I would want to be like her as far as uh, she really cared about health and fitness. And uh, I think was a great role model for kids, which is what I would want to do. So if I were like first lady, I would want to really focus on like what the kids are eating at lunch. Like, you know, their, their lunches are not that healthy and um, just bringing awareness to like what people are putting in their body and being more active, like as a family. Um, so I love that she did that. And I would want to focus more on um, like the health of America and trying to get people off of so many drugs and doing like a more holistic approach to everything. Um, I know so many teenagers that are on antidepressants and anti-anxiety medication already. And I know what that does to you long-term and I know they're going to be on it probably for the rest of their lives. And then it's going to cause all these other side effects where they'll need other drugs that are going to cause a lot of other health issues. And so I would like to um, try to, nip it in the butt and realize like why with social media and all this people are getting anxiety at a young age and depression and trying to solve it with meditation and breath work and working out and eating healthy and doing the things that we know help with all of that so that's something that i would do if i were married to the president of the united states that's a good one <laughs> wow. Uh, if I was a person, what I do, um, I would, I would go and start implementing into schools that's mandatory to have a finance class and learn about taxes and learn about how to work with your money. And 
I would make that an absolutely mandatory thing that every school must have that. And whether they need more finances to deal with having someone to come in and teach that class or become more of an elective that you, you know, it's a specialty class, whatever it is. Um, Cause I understand not every teacher has the ability to teach that. They don't know that kind of stuff. So that's, I get it, but I would make sure that that is absolutely a mandatory class. Um, yeah. I think it's important that kids young learn how to think for themselves and they don't think they need to go into a structured environment, get a nine to five, go right into the basics and do what everyone tells you to do. I want everyone to be able to, you know, have the ability to think for themselves. They want to be an entrepreneur. You know, they have the skill sets to go into that space and not be scared of it. Yeah. Um, I think that would be really important because I think the default is to not think for yourself. It's to follow what history tells us and go into the defaults of what you hear on the news and all that kind of stuff. So I would love kids building for themselves. That's, that's, I think I had more to that, but I think I'm going to leave it at that. Yeah. Okay. You're up. Um, so if you could recall the worst traveling experience, um, what was it? Uh, Spirit Airlines. Oh Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh yeah. We were flying to, I was on a job, I was uh, shooting for a magazine and we were flying out to uh, Tulum, Mexico for a shoot and everything on the way there went fine because we didn't fly spirit on the way back. Um, we had a layover and they flew us. It, we had a two hour delay on the plane. They turned the AC off, turned the plane off. So we had no air conditioning and everyone's as hot as balls, like somewhere in Mexico. And no, they didn't have water on the plane because it was a quick flight. So they didn't have anything to give us. And which to me was like, should have been like someone could have sued for that. Um, and then, and then they had us get off the plane and go back inside when the airport was closed, wrangle us into an area right before the check-in space. They wanted us to recheck in for our flights, but everyone left for the night. So we had to sleep on the ground in the airport overnight like cattle you couldn't leave the parameter because you were in customs you couldn't go anywhere and like go sleep on a cat whatever one of the long chairs you had to sleep on the floor on your luggage so i'm sitting there with a plane full of people and sleeping on my luggage with a bunch of i mean it was like insane in the morning we got up and uh and then we had to we had to go out of that space they had a whole new wrangle for us and everyone that was there before us had to go in and get checked in we were last one of them back on the plane, another hour delay. And then we finally took off and went back to uh, LA. And then when we go back to LA after our layover, we, um, they, they held us once we got there for another hour. And uh, which doesn't sound like dramatic, but it was like, no, that's <laughs> it was a lot. That's mine. And just a heads up, my laptop says that we are at a nice 10%. So let's see what happens here. But what's yours? Okay. So my, I had a bad experience with Spirit as well, um, and they gave me a credit, and I'm like, you couldn't pay me to go on. Exactly. Like, take your credit and shove it. Like, I'm never going on this again. Um, but no, I would say my worst, <laughs> it was like my worst and best, but like, I was a PA in Arizona, so for those of you who don't, production assistant, and my job was to take the crew, the camera guys, the models, everybody, and like pick them up from the airport in Phoenix and drive them to the Grand Canyon in a 15 passenger van. Wow. Um, five foot one. And, <laughs> and I've never driven a, a 15 passenger van in my life. Yeah. And it was in the middle of winter and it was, we were in a blizzard 
and we're going up and I'm literally like driving in snow for the first time in my life up the Grand Canyon and this huge piece of hail like I remember smacking the windshield and cracked the windshield I screamed I'm like we're we're swerving everywhere it's just slide the car sliding everywhere everyone the car screaming I'm screaming and one of the camera guys goes stop the car stop the car stop the car I'm driving and I'm like okay and I'm like shaking and we had to go to this casino and we were snowed in and we had to stay in this casino for like a day and we were just trying to figure out like what to do and we they had food there so we went to like the restaurant there and we were just kind of like waiting until the roads opened again because it was such a bad blizzard and that whole shoot like we get to the we finally get to our destination and our hotel it's like it's closed. We got there so late because of the blizzard. It wow. no one was working, so they just had our keys like in an envelope and just like put it at the door and was like, "Here are your rooms," and no one was there. And so we go into our rooms, and my door had like scratches. It was like an orange door, and it had scratches, like someone was trying to claw their way out. And the heater was broken, and it was freezing and snow everywhere. And I had to put on every single piece of clothing that I brought, and the bed was so cold that it was wet. And so I'm laying in this wet bed, the heater doesn't work. And there were spiders crawling all over the shower, the the doors, like, and I'm like, I will, this is where I die. This is, I'm definitely not making it out alive here, clearly. Um, And it ended up being a really good shoot, but like, it started out really rocky, but, but it, also kind of made us all bond and we're still like friends to this day because we're like I cannot believe that shoot was so I mean it was just like one thing after another like like our producer like fell and broke her ankle and and we had to like get her flown out to a hospital and then I had to take over and I've never produced anything in my life so she just hands me her clipboard and was like deal with it so it was like a really crazy experience but it was also looking back like a lot of fun but Another no. another example of how something in your life sounds like a movie. Really, really dramatic. <laughs> um, okay, what are we on? What are we on? Um, okay, so would you rather find your true love today or win the lottery in the next year? So normally I would say, like, I don't need the lottery because, like, I'd rather earn it and whatever, all that stuff. I, but no. <laughs> not lottery, lottery. Because, like, I'd rather wait a year. And that is the weak answer because I know that's not, t- you know, like politically correct, whatever. Like you shouldn't just want to get the free money. And I'm not like that. I, I work my ass off what I get, but like, I'd rather get the money and like help people around me because that's what I want to do and things I want to help and like businesses I want to start. I wouldn't just get it and go blow it. Like I want the money to like help people around me and create opportunity and like start new businesses. And I think through that, I might find somebody not because I have money, but because I'll be more mixed in with other people. And with like-minded people and like building stuff and growing stuff. And I think through that, I'd find someone really special. What? That so, surprises me, Ben. It makes me rethink mine. I know. Because normally I, I say no, but like, I, you know, I'm in work mode right now. So I'm not like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I mean, it's a hard answer for you because you're in, a, you're in a spot right now. So I don't know what you're going to say, but let's see. <laughs> I mean, if I'm being honest, like. I'm really liking this guy I'm seeing right now, Ben. Um, Faith Faith has some words. She is. She's like, yeah, yeah, I like him too. She really does. She likes him a lot. Um, 
so yeah, like I, I'm just a hopeless romantic. So I would say like, find, find my soulmate today. Let's do this. Because I think if you're like with somebody that you care about and that you love, like it doesn't like, you're just happy, like in any situation. Um, but then I, I see what you mean. Like if you win the lottery and you could do amazing things and then you meet your soulmate through that or whatever, it's, it's hard. Like, I don't, it's a hard question, but like, I am such a hopeless romantic that like as much as money makes things so much easier and you can do so much with it to help others. And, um, if you have the best intentions, you know, like you do, um, it would, it would be awesome. And you would meet someone through that. But I think I'm just, I like love, love so much that I, I, the money is like, it's fine if it's there, but if it's sure. not, whatever. Of course. So that's fair. That's yeah. That's a good answer. I mean, that makes sense. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> um, oh yeah. You're at number 18. Uh, yeah. Uh, would you rather have everyone know, be able to read your thoughts? Sorry, let me start over. Would you rather have everyone be able to read your thoughts or know your thoughts or look at your internet history? Internet history. I have nothing to hide in internet history, but. Same answer. Move on. Okay. <laughs> uh, go for it. Um, would you rather, wait, be able, oh, would you rather never be able to go out during the day or never to be able to go out during the night? Never be able to go out during the night. Same. I'm in bed by 8.30, let's be honest. Like, nights are fine. And 20. You're, you're up. Okay. How would you, ra- would you rather watch nothing but Hallmark movies or nothing but horror movies? Oh, my God. Both suck so bad. Both suck. That would suck. Could you imagine? No, I really can't. hate scary movies. I equally probably hate Hallmark movies. Um, <laughs> they're so bad. They're so bad. Um, but I would have to say, I really hate scary movies. They put me in a weird mood. I'd have to say Hallmark movies as much as I hate it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think scary movies have gotten for me a little corny and I kind of see through a lot of it because just like with shooting and editing, I can see just, but a good scary movie, they're pretty good. So I don't know. I think I, I might go scary movie because I think I might be really annoyed with the Hallmark movies and like get really cheesed up and I'd rather be like scared than get cheesed up. So yeah, I don't know. I think I'll go that route. Okay. Well, there you go. Then that was fun. (laughs) And I have 2% battery made it just in time. Perfect. You know, I got, I got to give a little shout out to Apple and, and their horrible batteries. I had 100% when we started, and this should not have happened. So Apple, get it together. They'll definitely hear this podcast. So. They'll definitely hear this podcast. <laughs> We're coming up in this world. We're gonna... I love that. Put it out there. Yeah. We're coming up in the world. And Faith just woke up from her oh, little nap. You, you notice that she started out like... The devil and and then she got she was an angel by the end uh, yeah i know yeah she fell asleep she got tired of waiting for you oh my god but now she just woke up and i gotta take her out but this was fun thanks ben it's been a pleasure mama all right guys well thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed our 20 questions and we'll do it again soon we'll speak soon okay love yeah. you ben love you too bye, bye.